Good morning. Happy Monday. I have Neuro Coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right. Well, a very busy Monday coming up. A uh, quick housekeeping item. Those of you that are members of IFAST University, um, we are moving our call from 1 p.m. to uh, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Got a little bit of an issue there, um, but we will get that call done as as scheduled just a little bit earlier than normal so please attend to that the link is on the ifast university uh facebook page okay um oh by the way happy the intensive 19 week um we're looking forward to that that's going to kick off on on thursday um got some good brains coming into the purple room this week so we're going to have a blast this weekend uh digging into today's q a this was matt Matt is actually a uh, former attendee of the intensive, and so he's a little bit deeper into the model than, than, than many are. But this is a great foundational question um, because it takes us from starting conditions, which are your, your archetypes. Um, it discusses the management of forces. It discusses the uh, phases of propulsion and the strategies that we would use, the essential shape change that gets us from one phase of propulsion uh, to the next. With time, you'll be able to recognize these things if you spend enough time dig digging into the model and practicing and um, failing miserably at times. But um, like I said, over time, you'll get better and better at these. And uh, this question details some elements of that. Um, as Matt is a strength conditioning coach, doesn't lay people on the table, doesn't throw them down for measurements, Matt has to use a lot more uh, dynamic movement and a lot of visual representations. So again, um, there is power in the understanding, and so Matt is right in the, the depths of that process. So again, uh, thank you, Matt, for your question. Everybody have an outstanding Monday, and I will see you tomorrow. Good morning, Bill. Um, I've got a question, and it, it's 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 probably probably a very quick one, I guess, uh, for some people. But for me, I still find it a little bit confusing. I'm trying to trying to reconcile in my mind when we get to uh, towards end game presentations in narrows or wides, mm -hmm. um, what the uh, what their phase of propulsion looks like in one side of the body compared to the other side of the body during mm -hmm. that end. Uh -huh. So <clears throat> when we end up, say we've got a, a wide ISA, uh, heavy over on the right oblique, push right, uh, uh, forward. And, and um, to me, like immediately, when I sort of look at that, I'm, 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 I'm thinking in my mind that we're sort of later on the, later on the uh, left-hand side uh, than we are on the, on the right-hand side, being pushed from the back initially and then over onto the over onto the right. Um, what I don't quite, I guess, uh, what I don't quite get is when we end up over on that, that right oblique, if I was to look at that in respect to like a, um, uh, a, a gait cycle, I would think that my sacral orientation would be kind of leading into the early phase on the right leg would be pointing to the left, right? So the axial skeleton's turning to the left in, in a right step, for instance. So you're going to step forward with your right foot? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Oh, my right, my axial skeleton, the sacrum is going to be pointing to my left. Um, 
your if we talk about your sacrum, let's just make it simple. Let's just talk about the sacrum. Okay. Yeah, if you step if you step forward, if you step forward with your right foot, my sacrum is going to be left. Yeah, it's going to be facing the left. Facing the left. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. As you put weight down on that foot and you start to capture internal rotation. Okay. Yeah. You're going to start to create the delay on that side, right? Yes. Okay. As your center of gravity comes up and over the leg, you better have a shape change. Got it. You've just cleared up the question. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But let's talk about this because because again, it, it's it. There is not a singular. There's not a singular representation because it all has to do with where the center of gravity is, how far forward it goes. Mm -hmm. right. Hey, uh, quick question, Matt. You ever have a big, heavy barbell on your shoulders? Couple of times. Couple of times. Um, how tall do you think you were relative to when you're standing without the barbell on your shoulders? Well, as you know, I'm normally like six foot three. So, yeah. uh, well, I, you, I, I get, life, life has beaten you down. There, there's no question yeah. about that, right? And it's like having, yeah. having hung out with you for a little bit, I understand. I understand how difficult it is to be Matt Hamilton, um, <laughs> you know, living the life that you do on the, on That's the ranch right. and all. Um, I'm probably no, two so inches. Like just, so just think that through, think that through for a second. Think it through for a second that, okay, so you're going to put a big heavy barbell on you and are you going to get taller? You're going to get shorter. Sure. Right. Straight down into the ground, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, as you as you step forward with this right foot, as we were talking about, and you start to put weight down um, and, and you, you come over top of the leg, that's the center of gravity moving forward over the foot. That makes sense, right? Yep. Okay. Do you think you're getting taller? Or do you think you're getting shorter? Shorter. Yeah. Okay. And then as you pass over that leg, as you pass over that leg and you start to take the weight off again and you're and and the the you're you're pushing off that foot to shift your weight over to the other side do you think that legs that that side of your body is getting longer or shorter the side that i'm pushing off is getting taller yeah okay yeah so where are they like when you're looking at somebody where are they are they getting smushed down or are they coming back up oh it's rel relative one side to the other yeah yeah. 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 So, so now, but now you got to look at this. So, so, the, so keep in mind that at every time we make these steps and your center of gravity is rotating from side to side, and this is, we're talking about walking right now, not just standing still. Yeah. Okay. You have, you have, you have compression, expansion, compression, expansion, compression, expansion, compression, expansion. Right. But if we, if you're just standing there and you are limited in your propulsive capabilities, you will stand in the propulsive phase that you are limited to. Yes, yes, yeah. That that okay. that starts to make sense. That yeah. starts to. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. so what our measures then reflect is they tell us what shape you are. They tell you the physical shape, so I know where you are in the propulsive cycle. So here's a here's a question. I'm trying to just thinking about that now, is there any way that someone could be later on their right-hand side, later on their right than their left, given the, comp given the order that the compensations occur, that the compensation patterns occur? 
Um, most likely, I wouldn't consider them later. Okay. Mm. But because the because the center of gravity will end, right? I mean, it's like you got you got two options. You you allow yourself to be compressed downwards, so you get pulled down, right? Or you fall over your foot. Yeah. Right. And so so the last strategy that you will have is is some way to try to stay inside your base of support on the right side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and again, this is like, how far forward are you? How hard do you have to screw yourself back into the ground so you don't tip over to the right? Yeah. You know? So again, when we, you know, from a, from a timing standpoint, it, you'll be hard pressed to, to be later on the right than you would be yeah. on the left. Because that's where the space is closing from that side, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I have neural coffee in hand, and it is perfect. All right. A very busy Tuesday. Um, it's intensive week, so there's a lot of stuff to do. Um, by the way. Uh, we will probably announce the intensive 20 um, really soon after this weekend. So I got to get through intensive 19. We're going to narrow down some dates for us, and then we'll be ready to rock and roll with that. So um, if you're not on the mentorship list, please go to BillHartmanPT.com. Um, go to any of the blog posts, and at the end of the blog post, you can enter your email um, so you're on the list to be notified um, first when we do announce the intensive 20. Digging into today's Q&A, this is with Alex. Alex is mobilizing uh, a painful knee. One of the things we want to recognize is that no matter what intervention that we're using, we're, we're trying to promote a shape change. And so if we're doing a, a manual therapy or we're using like a ground-based movement of some sort to promote a, a shape change, we can emphasize a, a, a focal representation or we can go after a distributed representation. And that's kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about the setup of what he's doing with, with the, the knee mobilizations. So in some cases, we want to constrain elements of the system to create, to magnify the focal representation that we're trying to influence. And in other cases, we're trying to promote a physical shape so we get a more distributed representation. Again, same rule applies whether we're doing exercise-related interventions, whether we're doing manual therapies, or any other type of influence when we're trying to enhance movement under some circumstances. Sometimes we need a local shape change. Sometimes we need something that's more distributed. Always keep that in mind. So thank you, Alex, for, for this question. going to help a lot of people. Everybody have an outstanding Tuesday, and I will see you tomorrow. Good morning. Greetings. So I have a procedural question. Um, so for example, let's say you're trying to bring a wide back on the right and you want to do like a early knee mob on both sides. A who, a early knee mob, is that what you said? Yeah. I'm with so, you. So would you, if you want to put a towel under the axial skeletons, try and get it to shift one way, would you, would you try and put it under the left side to try and get the axial skeleton to go <clears throat> to the right for both knee mobs? Or when you do the left one, are you trying to get everything to rotate left with it? Where are they first? In this case, you're you're on you're on the right track. Okay, you're on the right track. 
where do where okay so they're forward on the right yeah so so where do you want to put it you want to bring them back on the right okay let's be really specific here because we know we got a wide isa we know we got to bring them back on the right so if they were if they were all the way forward on the right hand side and you got to bring them back what shape do you want that that pelvic orientation as you're mobilizing that knee to bring them back? Well, I, I think you put a towel under the left side. Where? Ooh, curveball. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually interesting because I've been thinking about this kind of thing lately, but I'm not sure if I have a good answer. Maybe uh, like under the posterior lower. Okay. So right. Hang on. So let's think this through. So you put it under the right posterior lower. Yeah. Okay. What orientation did you just put the pelvis in? Because you're I'm going to give you partial credit for putting it under the right side. You can be you can be one step better. I if you put it there. I mean, I don't know, you're just flat turn to the right. Okay. Is that is that where the wide ISA came from when they went forward on the run? No. No. Okay. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you, hang on. I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully going to make this a little bit simpler. If they go back on the right. Okay. Time. Forget I said anything. Here we go. Wide ISA archetype, full relative motions. Okay, they start to make their first move, which is the which is the movement on the oblique axis. Right mm -hmm. side or left side goes up. Okay, they're now in the oblique axis. What is the orientation of the sacrum? Facing the right. And how do we describe it? Uh, went up on the left side and forward. Okay, nutated, counter-nutated. Nutated. Awesome. What if I just put the sacrum in that position for the first mode on the right side? So you're, you're, you're trying to bring them back to that state so you would put the pelvis in that state. Okay. okay. Then for the second mode, what do I do with my, with my padding? Well, then you can put it on your right posterior lower to tip them. To turn them to the left. Yeah. So, okay. That's really cool. Um, <laughs> so say it, it's going to, say we're not at step two. We're not at phase two yet. We're still trying to bring them back on the right. Um, and we're, do, yeah. we're doing both knees. I would just keep the towel. Would I just keep the towel under there to bring them one step toward home the whole time? Because the problem I run into is if I generally, when I think about doing like a, a tibial a IR move on the left in this situation, like I'd say to myself, well, I want everything to rotate left. But in my experience, it, it hasn't really worked that way. Like, okay. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. All right. So if, if, uh, if I'm going up on the left. Yeah. All right. And, and so I'm on the right oblique. Which side has more ER? You're up in the left? Oh, uh, left. Yeah. 
Okay. Is that where you want to mobilize the knee to capture an, an internally rotated state? No. On the, on the left side. We're talking about the left side. Okay. So so I would I would probably under most circumstances sequence it as we described earlier. So what I would do is I would I would intentionally try to put the pelvis on the right oblique with the nutated sacrum. I would mobilize the right side. I would flip-flop the the orientation of the pelvis and then and then turn it to the left and then mobilize the left knee under that circumstance because because in both circumstances I'm I'm going after an internally rotated representation. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Right. What if it's going to take a period of time? Like, what if you're not going to be able to get it to the point where you're at phase two, um, but they just need symptomatic relief of the left knee? Then I would, I would probably still try to do the, the exact same thing that we just talked about because the pelvic orientation, because think about this, if I leave the pelvic orientation in the right oblique, do you think you're going to capture enough IR on the, the left tibia? Not really. Because the foot orientation would be wrong. The yeah. hip orientation would be wrong. So let's just say you mobilize the knee, right? Yeah. Maybe you do get some symptomatic relief because of the direct mobilization, but you got a hip and your foot that are going to tell the knee said, Hey, uh, I don't want you to stay in that, in that state. Yeah. Right. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want the knee to go back into ER for me. Will, will you? Right. And so again, I, th I think you're, 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 like, like I said, I, your intention, like your intention to to affect the knee, I'm I have no qualms with that whatsoever. I just think that you can make the mob a little bit better, you know, right. Right. just by it by making sure that you have the 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 top down representation and bottom up representations, so the knee doesn't have to make a bad decision because knees are dumb, arguably the dumbest joint in your body, arguably. Good morning, happy Wednesday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right, well, today is Wednesday. That means tomorrow's Thursday. That means as usual, 6 a.m. coffee and coaches conference call tomorrow morning. Um, link will be on my professional Facebook page. Please join us, great Q&A, great people. Just grab a coffee and start off your day um, with some education. Um, speaking of the Coffee and Coaches Conference call from last week, we, we got in this, this kick about knees and stuff. We were talking about knee mobilizations. Posted that yesterday. This is this is a continuation of some of that discussion. There are um, folks on the call that uh, are obviously uh, personal trainers, uh, strength conditioning coaches that don't do hands-on manual therapies, and so there are situations where they may be trying to recapture tibiofemoral IR, as we do in, in clinic they have to use different approaches. And so this is that discussion uh, to a degree. So uh, Manuel is an Olympic weightlifting coach, Dale is a powerlifting coach. And so both of them has, have similar scenarios. And we showed how they could use seated ham and strength curl to capture some of this relative motion at the knee. We also have to understand though, that there are, there are limitations in, in what can be recaptured under the circumstances. We discussed that as to how they may go about 
um, re-establishing a normal tibiofemoral IR. For instance, we have to have that as we're descending into a squat. And so many times people with knee pain don't have that capacity. And so um, hopefully this, this video will lead you in a favorable direction to help remedy your situation. Uh, so thank you, Dale and Manuel. Everybody have an outstanding Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Coffee and Coaches Conference Call. Dale, just a quick follow-up. Like from a from a training standpoint, say, you know, say we're doing a little bit of bodybuilding here. Um, All right. You know, so would you be starting with, say, like a like a prone um, hamstring curl to try to get a little bit of untwisting of the knee and try to get that the late uh, representation in the hip first to then do something like a do what to do what we just did so i, I was, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about what we were just talking about but also still going back to like zach's person where you would get uh, some that late representation in the hip and then you could do something like a seated hamstring curl once you have the late representation at the hip you could then do something seated to get more of a twist at the knee you could you yeah so yeah so um if you've got if you've got a late representation at the knee and let's just say that you're a strength and conditioning coach that doesn't do knee mobilization mm -hmm. you can you can use that um to access the tibial femoral ir now mm -hmm. here's the problem you run into the foot and the distal tibia are not secure right so all you're doing is getting a tibial, like the whole lower part of the leg, so that from the tibia to the foot, the whole thing turns, which means that, yes, I'm getting relative motion at the knee that I wanted, but the whole foot and the distal tibia are following. And so I don't get the differential that I wanted because when you're doing a knee mobilization, when you're doing a tibial mobilization to, to change the knee orientation, you have to create the stable position of the foot and the distal tibia so you get the differential within the bone itself. Mm, okay. Okay. And again, this is a real common mistake in, in knee mobilizations that it's not clear sometimes or it's not explained well enough that I do, I, like I need a stable position of the hip. So we've been talking about that with Alex's question and with Christian's follow-up. It's like, I need that stable position of the pelvis because I have information that's going back and forth through this extremity, right? I need a stable position of the foot and I need to make sure that the distal tibia is fixed so I get the change where I want it. Otherwise, it the, like there's too much movement and then everything that I'm trying to accomplish is dampened. Doesn't mean you don't get any change. It just means that the effective change is probably gonna be less than what you wanted. So when I'm doing a knee mobilization, like an early knee mobilization that like we were talking about before, early IR, I'm actually sitting on their, so I, I put their foot in a very specific position and then I sit on it in just the right way that the foot doesn't move, mm -hmm. relatively speaking. It moves a little bit, but it doesn't move a lot. Then I actually capture the, the, the tibial position and then use my free hand to move the, the tibia proximally, right? And that gets me the, the greatest degree of relative motion that I can produce under the circumstance. And it tends to be, consistently better in, in that mm -hmm. regard. So your, your understanding of the activity of choice to create the knee orientation, I think is dead on. However, like I said, you're in a, you're in a little bit of a pickle, like you, you, in, a, in, a, in a perfect world, you'll probably get some change that might be favorable, okay? So think about this for a second. 
How can you handle this as a strength coach? Do the activity that you were just talking about. Like, so, and you don't need a machine or anything like that. Take a big rubber band, secure it to the, to, to the rack, have them sit on the bench, have them do the knee mode, the early knee mode, right? Like a hamstring curl, okay? Then put their foot on the ground mm. and teach them how to do it with their foot on the ground. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, then you probably got money. So you just gotta, you just gotta think about a sequence of events that's gonna be helpful to you. Harder to do, harder to do, um, but not impossible at all. And, and there's different ways that you can secure the, the bands. Like we do it all the time with, with like our, our coaches that don't do manual therapy. They use the, the bands for mobilizations all the time. All right, you just teach them to secure it. And then you, you run them through the excursion. We, we, didn't we, we did that at the intensive when you were there, right? Yeah. 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 So, so again, you just use, you use those banded mobilizations, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And quick follow-up, because I'm glad Manuel asked that question, because I'm OCD in every sense Zach's question. That's your OCD. <laughs> I had that. This, this a wait, a power lifter? A power you know, with, with obsessive compulsive disorder, I find that very difficult to believe. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't get those two movements, the seated and the prone hamstrings out of my mind when I was thinking about it. And a lot uh -huh. of it is just not when I'm trying to make that correction where I am using the hip and let's say the, the foot to, to be my, my, my point. Uh -huh. How not to create any interference when I'm doing those movements because obviously you're going to be programming hamstring work. You are? Well, I, I, I do, so yes. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's like, what when you say hamstring work, what does that mean? Well, I mean, for me, it, well, I mean, for me, a lot of it's, you know, RDLs. And that's, that's my go-to, my go but we okay. always- So you're talking we, about, but, but you're talking, you're, you're talking about, you're not talking about like a specific knee orientation well, I, well yeah. what I'm saying, my basic hamstring movement is always, my go-to is always going to be RDLs, but we do uh, do a lot of seated and uh, prone uh, knee, uh, hamstring curls. Uh-huh. So, and I guess for me, I was, in my head, when Zach asked that question, we were going through that, I was trying to think in my head, you know, where, where my positions were in those yeah. two movements and how I could create unwanted interference when i'm doing those well okay so so think about this think about this so um it, it, the descent in the squat right is early internal rotation at the knee okay okay um the ascent okay is going to be movement towards the later representation Okay. So, okay. so if you're, if, if you're doing a bunch of say prone knee bend type activities, you might be creating a knee position that is detrimental to the descent in the squat. Okay. That, that would be, that would be my greatest concern. Because right? mm -hmm. having seen a few bodybuilders, bodybuilders tend to be uh, 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 more problematic than powerlifters because powerlifters don't like to lay down on a leg curl machine, right? Yeah, no. I, I, bodybuilders well, love it. Well, uh, 
it, it wasn't just my power level. I was Mr. Texas, heavyweight and overall. Oh, listen, did, did everybody hear that? Did, the, the biggest is, is Texas bigger than Alaska? <laughs> well, if you're from Texas, you think you're the biggest thing. I, I, you're the, you're, you, you stole my joke. I was going to say, you probably just think it is, right? <laughs> I well, think 881 miles wide across I 10. Yeah, that's, that's it's pretty big. It's, it's almost as big as your back, <laughs> right? Has, has anybody ever seen Dale uh, from behind without his shirt on? He's got a tattoo of five numbers that go across his upper back because he's got his own uh, zip code. He's so big. <laughs> uh, Dale, did that cover your question though? Yes, I, I'm good. Kind of got off track with our humor. <laughs> I, try, I haven't been on the calls in four or five weeks. So uh, oh, you're just going to make up for lost time. Yeah. And believe me, it wasn't because so I did it. Maybe to summarize. Uh, the, the thing that you got to be careful of when you're doing when you're doing something that 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 is emphasizing a lot of the the knee bend, it's like you don't want to create interference for certain segments of the of the performance related activities, right? So you you got to make sure that you've got a knee that can change direction, right? You don't want to bias it in one direction. So again, the the prone the prone knee bending activities will predispose you to more tibial femoral ER. And, and that's where you got to be careful because it, it, you'll get a lot of people that, that end up with knee pain in their squatting. And um, that's your fault. If you program too much of that and you create that scenario, okay? Living life can do it to them, just FYI. It's not always your fault per se. It's just that something you need to be aware of that if you program something that they're already starting to do, you're just making it worse. So just be careful. So Bill, and you said that the prone hamstring curls or the prone activities can affect the descent, right? The right. So I so the, so when you descend in the squat, you need tibiofemoral IR. Right, and yeah, and you also need an earlier pelvis. So if you're in prone and you're getting the late representation at the pelvis, it's going to affect the depth. Yeah, yeah. You'll get well. So think about this uh, again. We're, we we got to talk about the whole descent here. You've got you've got to change from from late ER to IR to, to ER again, right? Depending mm -hmm. on, like, um, for us normal human beings that don't squat like Olympic weightlifters, right? We, we don't always get to see the, the cool representation of the early pelvis at the bottom, so. Right, so you can still get away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're sneaky that way. Okay. Yeah, but this, this is one of the reasons why, um, you know, people with knee pain, um, the, they, they go to the gym and they just, they just, do shallow squats because it doesn't hurt, right? Because they're not exposing the knee to that area where they need that increase in tibial IR that they can't produce, right? So they end up having bad knees when the reality is it's like they don't have a bad knee, they just have one that's misguided because it's a dumb joint and it's just following what they have trained it to do. Okay. So are we saying that a seated hamstring would be a better selection or is it just more of the same? You gotta be careful with the word better right? Um, the, the, there's, there's more tibial femoral IR associated with it. The question mark is, is do you have enough of a relationship to produce the tibial femoral IR in the other activities like your squat, your split squat, et cetera, right? It's like, yeah, you can turn the tibia inward in the seated hamstring curl, but there's no guarantee that that's what you'll use when your foot's on the ground. Right. No, I, I get that. Make sure, you always want to make sure that you're, you're following that with, 
with stuff where your foot is on the ground and you're producing the tibial femoral IR. No, I get that. I'm just kind of going, okay. if, if there's days when we don't want to load the back at all and we just want to get some light hamstring work. So, Yeah. And, and, and again, I would, if, if I had to pick one with mm -hmm. a gun to my head, Dale, for a yeah. power lifter, yeah, I'd probably do the seated version. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right, man, go ahead. Um, all right. So if I'm thinking about like the, the two-dimensional representation that I've seen you draw of like starting point, end point, narrow, go forward and then right, wide, uh -huh. right, and then forward, and then uh -huh. we'll take an end point representation of both. Um, what would be like, like, I'm trying to think conceptually how to think about it differently for like the narrows and like when the, when the narrow is at a point where they're trying to move left versus a wide, you've already brought them back and now they're trying to move right to left also like conceptually, how do I need to think about that differently? Cause I'm like the one hand, if the wide has already come back, like I, I have a sacrum and like a thorax that's truly ready to actually Base to the left versus mm -hmm. the narrow, like it's going to start turning left, but it's not actually getting to that point yet until the right. Yeah. Back. So the, the girl I talked about last week with the ACL and the knee pain has like gotten thinking about this, but I guess uh -huh. the general uh -huh. conceptual question. Yeah. It's like the key difference is how to think about that. Okay. Um, the, uh, uh, there's a couple, a couple ways that, that, that you can conceptualize this, that, that may help. So we'll just kind of uh, cover some bases. <clears throat> Physical structure is going to determine a lot of this. So we've we've talked about this before. When we when we talk about capturing right-sided foot cues on a narrow, that's the, because of the physical shape of the of their their skeleton, they are going to move in a very specific direction when you capture those foot cues because of their physical structure. So it's where their center of gravity lies. It's where their where their shape will take them, because literally. It's, it's just that, it is the structure. So when I capture right foot cues on a, on a narrow ISA individual, they move in a very specific direction. They don't go backwards, they go sideways. More, right? So the center of gravity, you understand the center of gravity is moving towards a center point, right? But they're gonna move more right to left. It's just their physical structure. You don't, you, like, you don't have to overthink this. On a wide ISA individual, their physical structure is different. Literally, their center of gravity, shifts differently, their physical shape is different. So when you capture right foot cues on a, on a wide ISA individual, they tend to move back toward, on the right-hand side, okay? Well, that's step one, okay? But that doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like their physical structure changes between step one and step two, right? okay? Now, um, yeah. and we've talked about this before, I think, <clears throat> maybe at the intensive, um, when we talk about the sequencing of foot cues, um, and, and as far as um, how someone would move relative to those, okay? Um, when you're talking about taking a wide ISA, they have to actually make a, they make a physical turn <clears throat> from right to left, okay? Mm -hmm. And that would require um, a, a certain shift of the center of gravity on the, on the foot from forefoot uh, to rear foot, okay? 
right first met head and then right heel? <clears throat> well, that's always the case. It's going to be, regardless of archetype, you're going to do that. But when you go to the left side, you want to go right or left first met head, left heel. That's going to produce the turn. Because what's going to happen as you do that, you're also going to feel a load shift towards the right first met head. And but, if anybody would like to do this, you're welcome to stand up and actually feel your foot cues, Zach. Are you okay to stand up in the dark? Yeah. Not <clears throat> awesome. Okay. So go right first met head, right heel first. Okay. Got it? Yes? Yep. Awesome. Okay. Then go left first med head so physically pick your heel up so you so you feel the, the weight go onto your med head okay yeah got it did you feel did you feel the anterior shift of your of your weight on both feet when you did it yes okay now drop the left heel and for you to get for you to go that way you had to push off a little bit more on your first med head cuz that's where you can't kind of came from when you shifted over to the left side, did you feel that? Yes. Awesome. That's a turn. You get a sense of that? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Stay up there. Stay yeah. up there. Stay up there. We're gonna make you a narrow ISO. Don't have to make me one. Alex, your Alex is wearing the same shirt that he wore on the first day that he was at iFast. There you go. Um, you mess a little. Uh, my my buddy Connor Ryan also went there. Um, okay. Same foot cues on the right side. Okay. Right, right, right Got him? Yep. Awesome. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit about an narrow ISA individual. Okay. They have a structural bias that gives them more room for uh, external rotation or internal rotation. Zach Fendrick for a thousand points. External. Awesome. So um, when they land on their left foot, <clears throat> Are they going to be better at a middle representation or a uh, an early representation by structure? Early. Awesome. So after we capture the right foot cues, what what kind of a representation would we like to induce on that left side? Uh, ER. Yes, sir. So if I if I'm stepping forward with my left foot, what would what would touch first? Heel. Awesome. So do that for me. So I want you to capture the heel first, and then the first met head. Right. Didn't feel like the other one, did it? Like it didn't feel like I was like pushing back. It didn't feel like you had to push back with your right foot, did it? Say that again. It didn't feel like you had to push back. Sorry, my dog's my dog's very excited about life. Um, it didn't feel like you had to push back with the right foot that time, did it? No, it was just kind of like the, like the left the left side just brought me back. Yeah, exactly. So you you see the directionality difference just by cueing the feet. Gotcha. So, so is that, is that? So, so, so if I cue the left foot, if I cue the left foot appropriately by archetype, I solve my problem. So now is that, is that a sequence of foot cues that like for a wide or narrow gets me from like end game, if, if it works all the way back to starting point, or is that just like one? Okay. So, so we're exaggerating, we're exaggerating the the position of the center of gravity okay 
okay? Because it was exaggerated in the other direction. So what I'm trying to do, love you. What I'm trying to do is give your, your, you both capabilities to go from one side to the other. In doing so, I establish a middle. Gotcha, so that they, they present it in one extreme, take them to the other extreme. And yeah, and now you, have, now you actually have a middle because if I only take you back to the middle, where's your middle? A little to the right. It's still over. Yeah, you see, you see what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like so, so, so we're going to take them all the way, all the way to the, the opposing representation. So I know that I have a middle available to me. Because how big is middle? And on the person. Um, if 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 I said center of gravity, how big is middle? Not very big. It's not very big, is it? Right. So. I got to make sure that I have full excursion available that gives me control of a full relative motion, right? Because again, if I only go part way, did I pick up relative motion? Absolutely. Okay. Did I establish a full capability? No. Good morning. Happy Friday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right, I'm pretty fired up today. Uh, day two of the intensive 19. This is the unlearning day. This is where everybody gets a little uncomfortable. We're jamming a bunch of people into the tiny little purple room to embrace the struggle as it were um, and start to establish the foundations of the model. So this is where we actually construct it. This is, this is the fun day for me. Um, so very busy. And we're gonna dig straight into today's Q&A. And uh, this is with Alex. This is a great, this is a great question. So Alex has discovered that you don't have to follow the sequence of events as we described yesterday. So we talked about foot contacts um, yesterday that make things helpful, especially when we're talking about influencing movement based on physical structure. So structure, um, in this case, we would refer to the two archetypes, so the narrow ISA archetype and the wide ISA archetype. It's like, do we have to follow the principles that we talked about yesterday? Absolutely not. But there may come a time where you don't follow those sequences, you won't be successful, and you're not gonna know why. And so we establish these, these heuristics and rules of thumb to guide us in our process so we can be more successful, so we can shift probabilities in our favor, so we can have an understanding of when we're not successful as to why we may be unsuccessful. And then that can guide us to the next step in our process. So this is this is a this was a big, big moment um, in the call, uh, in the coffee call on Thursday. So thank you, Alex. I'm glad you brought this up. Um, it's gonna help a lot of people. Everybody have an outstanding Friday. Um, it's intensive weekend. The uh, podcast might be a little delayed this weekend, but uh, we will get it up there. Um, everybody have a, a great Friday, and I'll see you next week. Hey, good morning. Um, so first, I have a follow-up on Zach's question. Um, okay. And so this is something I play around with, and I think it makes sense, but maybe I'll run it by you. So... When you're talking about narrow versus wide and you're saying like toe heel versus heel mm -hmm. toe, mm -hmm. I feel like I it makes sense to me. Uh-huh. But in both situations, I feel like going floating heel first and then almost like rolling into the toe would get you um like the individual relative motion positions 
of all the foot bones that would be more indicative of like an early or early middle and sometimes if you go toe and then drop into heel you might get like a bit of a later position of those so, so like a lot of times i'll go i'll end up going heel toe because i feel like it gets more out of it despite like not necessarily being that direction of reverse engineering mm -hmm. does that make sense no but but i'm okay with it okay fair enough well, um, again it's like it's like i mean what is what is the best choice of intervention like like as a rule what is always the best choice of intervention whatever works <laughs> there you go it's like i'm okay with that okay so but hang on hang on hang yeah. on hang on what are you gonna do when it doesn't work alex try something else well okay so 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 let's just say that 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 you're using the exact same sequence on everybody and then there's that one time where it doesn't work what are you going to do well, i'm going to do something different well okay that's my point it's like it's like so so the like the money is is in the final representation right like ultimately it's like if i can capture that final representation regardless of archetype i i can be successful however not everybody's going to do the the like as you instruct them they're not going to get there the exact same way and so there's going to be a time where you're going to say oh it doesn't matter whether i go first net head or heel first and, and that kind of thing and then you know what's going to happen i'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen okay you're going to do great on the right side and then you're going to get a wide isa and they're going to get a bunch of er on the left side and you're going to pat yourself on the back and they're going to go zero on the on ir on the left side that's what happens okay yeah because they'll just be orienting yeah I, I, part of my question so, was, so so the hang on sorry yeah. so the, so the goal is is to eliminate those possibilities like can like literally, could I just drop somebody onto their feet regardless of archetype and capture everything and everything could go well? Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm not really disagreeing with you here, but what I, what I want you to see is that from a sequencing standpoint, um, how you get from point A to point B is is an issue, and it, maybe not every time. So I I but totally it, it helps. I, I totally get that. I don't think I understand the nuance of it. Um, so for a wide versus a narrow um, mm -hmm. on the left side, I mean, why you go uh, toe heel? Yep. Because you're trying to get like a little bit of that more middle representation. I'm not sure. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to create a, a, I'm literally trying to produce a turn. Okay. So think about where you just put somebody on the right side, okay, for a wide ISA, okay? Yeah. Center of gravity is towards the right heel. Mm hmm Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I, I get why toe heel kind of drops you into it. Um, I guess my question then becomes... Can I, can I, change, your, can I change your wording? Just a little bit? Yes. Okay. It doesn't drop you there. It encourages the right side to 
push in that direction so the left side will go back, which is the turn. Gotcha. I need I need to so where where by moving right to left in a narrow, all I got to do is, as you would say, drop you back into that position and then hold you there. With a wide ISA, I have to push you into that position. Okay. That makes sense.